On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Elon Musk gives updates on just about everything at the annual Tesla shareholders meeting, including Model 3's design studio, Model Y, autopilot, the semi-truck, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 97 for June 11th, 2017. I am Ryan McCaffrey, your humble host. Uh, Happy to be with you for yet another busy week of Tesla news. It is pretty much entirely all about the shareholders meeting that happened this week. I've got 21 Elon Musk sound clips, plus a couple of calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline for you after that. So it is a busy show, uh, which I'm grateful for because it's, it's always, it's always great to have the Elon Musk sound bites because it's, uh, you know, he's, he's interesting and he, he brings news and he brings insight and it's always fun. So I am off to, I'm recording on Friday night tonight, which is actually what I typically try to normally do as I'm leaving for Los Angeles in the morning. If any of you are familiar with the video game industry, you may have heard of E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. That is the big annual video game convention slash trade show, which starts, seems to start a little earlier every year. It's uh, we've got activity on Saturday, and it runs through Thursday of next week, and then I'm going to be in L.A. for a bit longer after that. So next week, I actually have to record uh, on Thursday night due to some other commitments. I'm going to be, again, continuing to be out of town. So uh, please forgive me in advance if any news breaks uh, next Friday uh, for for episode 98 next week. So if, if anything big happens and I miss it, I'll, of course, pick it up the following week. But it's always cool to me, too. I, I uh, you know, wherever I go, I, I can't help but look for Teslas while I'm there. And it's always interesting to compare to the Bay Area where, you know, it's it's home base. It's, it's Tesla HQ. It's their home turf. You know, every time I visit uh, my family in Arizona, I seem to see a few more of them each time. You know, more S's, couple, you know, X's. And L.A., too. Of course, L.A. is arguably what I guess the second, well, it, who knows? It might even be because L.A. is, I guess, so big. I'm sure they're, by volume, the highest number of Teslas there. Although, I would, I would it would be interesting to know if by sort of percentage, like ratio to population, I, I would guess that the Bay Area has a higher Tesla ratio to population than uh, than LA does, but in any case, yeah, it's always cool. Every every year at E three now, this will be the, I mean, no, I guess it's the fifth E three since since the S came out. I mean, of course, those very first Model S Founders series, the first half dozen cars started shipping in June, but it was late June of. Uh, of 2012, so 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, this is the fifth fifth year, uh, 53 since the S came out, and you know I'm always, I'm down there for a week, so I'm always walking around, and it's yeah, you just see more and more of them every year, and it's always great to see them become more and more common. And then we're gonna watch that. That's gonna be an accelerated ramp with Model Three, no doubt. So in any case, uh, looking forward to getting down to LA. E3 is always fun, and I will be doing the show for you from there, from my hotel room. So. Again, if you're a 
uh, Patreon supporter, you'll get at the $5 level or higher, you'll get early access to next week's show. Uh, look for that on Thursday evening, maybe Friday morning at the very, very latest. So maybe even a, you know, a little earlier than, than even usual for you. Anyway, let's get into the shareholders meeting. There was so much to get to. Let's start. Here's Elon giving an overview on the past year from the sort of big picture perspective on, on the company, on Tesla. So uh, Elon, take it away. So, so really, the, one of the key things that happened this year is the, the beginning of the transition of Tesla to a fully integrated sustainable energy company, uh, where um, you have solar uh, creating the energy, uh, then the, the stationary battery pack, the power wall and power pack storing the energy, and then that energy being used in an electric vehicle. Now, the great thing about this is it's, it's, it, it answers all, it, it's a fully uh, it's a fully contained energy solution that could, could scale for the whole world. And I'm going to um, get into that for a moment. But it's something where you can imagine as far in the future, well, well, well beyond human civilization, which I hope lasts a really long time, um, uh, that, that this is something that, that would last for really, you know, this, is, this, this works. And, and, and there, I think there are no unanswered questions um, even the, even the gigafactory or the gigafactories that, that make these products will be powered by sustainable energy. So, like, I really don't think there's any um, hole in, left in the argument, uh, you know, because when we're making electric cars, people would say that, well, they're just uh, they're really coal-powered. And, and there's, like, the long tailpipe, you know, and the type tailpipe is really over there by the power plant. We're like, yeah, but, you know, we, we're going to have sustainable energy Generation two, um, and and then but but then you can still have gasoline cars. So you got to have electric cars, sustainable, sustainable energy uh, production, and then you got to store that energy because the sun don't shine at night. Real simple. One, two, three. Has <laughs> been amazingly difficult to explain this. <laughs> I'm like, it's only three pictures there, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> You know, my takeaway from this clip and from listening to the entire presentation, Elon seems to be in a very, very good mood. He seems very cheery, very happy. He seems like he's in a really good place. Now, that could be because, uh, you know, he's he's been posting on social media, his uh, seemingly... Uh, I mean, it seems like he's dating Amber Heard. Maybe they're just friends, but uh, there was there was a picture of him uh, of him sitting at an Australian nightclub with a big uh, big lipstick kiss on his cheek. So I think it's fair to assume they're dating. So you know that's that seems to be a probably a source of of uh, joy in his life now. But also, uh, no doubt, with the Model Three being on schedule. I mean, we saw how visibly stressed out he was in audio clips and in video uh, interviews and things when the Model X was launching. That was an extraordinarily tough time for him. So the, again, yeah, just this, the fact that he seems this cheery ahead of the Model 3 launch next month seems to be a really good sign that everything is going well. So let's hear more from Elon about what's going on at Tesla with regard, in this case, to the superchargers. Um, and this year, we will double the number of Tesla superchargers in the world. So we'll double one year over year. And I think next year, probably at least 50% increase, maybe double again next year. 
Well, Elon, please keep those superchargers coming. We are going to need them all. Uh, you know, it's superchargers are so key to the Tesla experience. They're, and they're such a huge competitive advantage. I mean, that's, again, that's why, to me, there's just no contest between a Model 3 and a Chevy Bolt at the same price, aside from the fact that you can, well, actually, that's not entirely true. I was going to say you can get a Bolt now, but that's really only true if you live on the West Coast. It doesn't apply to, still to most people. Uh, I saw a story on Electric today that August is going to be when the bolts start rolling out nationwide in the United States. So uh, that does that does sort of level the playing field there a bit. But then, you know that's that was that's the thing with the bolt. I mean, you know, of course, styling is subjective, and uh, this 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 that and the other thing. But you just you know, yeah, the bolt has 238 miles of range, but you know you can't really easily do interstate travel with it. And so the superchargers so critical to what Tesla is doing that uh, he he actually tweeted later as well on the supercharger note, all superchargers are being converted to solar slash battery power. Over time, almost all will disconnect from the electricity grid, which is great to see Tesla quite literally leading by example there with the, you know, the very, they're of course pushing the solar roof with the power, uh, power wall, power pack. So that is cool to, to know that the, because that was the original plan. If you've been following Tesla for some time, as I have, you'll recall that in the very early supercharger days, when they first announced they were doing this, they said, they had said at the time, yeah, they're all going to be solar powered. They're all going to be off the grid. And it's good to see them starting to follow through on that a bit now, or at least laying out the plans to do so. Uh, and in fact, you know, I, I mentioned a minute ago, talking about how much of a competitive advantage the superchargers are, Here's Elon Musk describing that very competitive advantage and exactly what that means. It's, it's worth noting this is actually the only high-speed charging network in the world. There isn't, there isn't even a second one. I asked our, our head of the head of our supercharger program, um, okay, well, what's the second best high-speed charging network in the, in the world? And he said, well, there's this one place in the Netherlands, uh, but it's... I think it's only like 60 or 70 kilowatts, but there's only one of it. Okay, like, well, and it's, and off, it usually doesn't work. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. <laughs> anyway, we're, gonna, we're just going to keep, keep, keep growing it as, um, as, as fast as we can to make sure people can go wh wherever they want, whenever they want, uh, with convenience, uh, keep upgrading the capability of the supercharger uh, system so it can charge things faster. Um, we're going to start adding amenities to the supercharger stations, so the really big stations. We'll start adding amenities um, and just make it so that you, when you do a long-distance trip in a Tesla, you love the experience. Um, that, that's the overarching goal. So there you go. Elon saying there is no second best high-speed charging network in the world. Uh, and mentioning that they're going to start adding amenities to the supercharger stops. So a couple of you had called in about this last week. So uh, to those folks, there you go. Uh, Elon saying that amenities are coming to the supercharger stations. And his comment about the supercharger network, that's crazy. It's crazy that there's just nothing. There is nothing else on the planet at this point that even 
that it even merits a, a mention. You know, it's every other manufacturer, like they all, or many of them now, have EV programs, which is great. But they are all going to have to start from scratch on a high-speed charging network to enable, to really enable long-distance travel. You know, it's that that just maintains and enhances Tesla's massive competitive advantage when it comes to charging. So, the, the thing is, though. You, I know I, I say it almost every show. You've got to come back to Elon's goal, accelerating this transition to sustainable energy and transport. So with that in mind, hearing this about how there just is no second place network, that makes me think that Tesla is, in fact, going to allow other auto manufacturers to use the supercharger network someday. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon because Tesla is very occupied with trying to scale it just for their own needs. But I do think, based on this this, uh, sort of news from Elon that there just isn't anything else, I think that will lead Tesla to one day share the network in order to help advance the goal, advance the company mission. All right, in our next clip here, Elon is talking about, he's giving an update on the newer Hardware 2 autopilot cars, uh, saying that they are almost there and that they have everything they need. He's, uh, he's got an update on timing as well for the next big update. Here's Elon on autopilot. And then, and then autopilot. Um, it's definitely been a tough, um, tough slog transitioning from the Mobileye vision chip to Tesla's internal vision system. Uh, but I think we're, we're almost uh, there in terms of exceeding the ability of the hardware one cars. So the hardware two cars have all of the hardware necessary for full autonomy. So eight cameras, 12 of the most advanced uh, ultrasonic sonar sensors, uh, a radar, a very good uh, GPS, and an IMU, um, and uh, everything necessary to go full autonomy. It's really about... Um, upgrading the software over time. So I think with the next release of software, which is maybe as soon as next week, um, we will finally exceed um, the experience of the hardware one cars, and then it's going to advance very rapidly from there. And our our goal remains being able to drive autonomously from a parking lot um, in California to a parking lot in New York um, without touching a control at any point along along the way. So as, as I like to do with these things, I, I like to try and look deeper than whatever the, the statement itself is. And so hearing Elon describe this, it makes me think about the, fu- the, the sort of the deeper level, the, the future of it. I've got to believe that given how much trouble Tesla has had getting their in-house system, the Tesla Vision system, up to par with where they were with Mobileye, it's not saying that the in-house system is bad at all. They've just it's just taken longer to to develop and you know get. They started from scratch and they had to they had to get it back up to where you know they already were with a with an existing partner product. But I I've got to imagine that whatever timeline they've had and Elon's been wise to not give any give any specific commitments on level four level five autopilot, but. I've got to figure that that whatever that timeline is for full self-driving has probably been pushed back at this point. I mean, 
even though Elon has continually reaffirmed that the, the cross-country public demo is still on track for the end of this year, I just can't imagine that, that the actual formal product launch of Level 4 or Level 5 is going to happen for at least the next few years. And so what does that mean? So I say that because I've mentioned this before, but it, it's, it's something for ev- all of us, all of us that plan to buy Teslas, to think about when you're getting your car or, or planning for your car. You know, let's say you're going to spend the 5000 on the enhanced uh, autopilot, but do you pay the 3000 at at when you order for full self-driving capability? Do you pay that up front and then you're going to be paying interest on that money if you if you're taking out a loan on your vehicle? Or if you think it's going to be a while, which again, this I'm I'm thinking it it could be it's such a complicated problem. It's so complex. Do you wait and keep that three grand in your pocket and not pay interest on it? And do you pay $4,000 in cash when it actually is ready? It's, again, the, the answer to that question will vary for every one of us, for everybody. But I think, you know, it's, it's worth thinking about for yourself. I know I'm going to be thinking about it. I mean, it's, for me, it's going to depend a lot on what's the overall cost of the car, what's my budget, where do I, where do, where has Tesla said, or where does my, where do I think uh, full self-driving is uh, on the horizon. But so, you know, I'm going to, I'm of course, you know, you don't have to make any decisions now, but again, it really is food for thought, I think. It's, it's definitely worth factoring in when you're planning your, whether it's your Model 3 budget or SRX, whatever you happen to be buying. Next up, a Gigafactory update. Here's Elon saying just how substantial the Gigafactory is from a production standpoint. You've got to be, you've got to listen to this. Here, listen to what Elon has to say about Gigafactory, just Gigafactory 1, and then the future of the Gigafactories. So in the, the, the Gigafactory uh, is uh, going, going quite well. Um, the, that's the, I think the latest picture of the status. Obviously, the um, ultimate footprint will be quite a bit bigger than, than what you see even there. Um, and and it's, we believe it'll be, within a few years, have the capacity, a capacity equal to all other lithium-ion battery factories in the world combined in one building. So you've had every, out of everything in the US, China, Europe, and every, Korea, everywhere else, this one factory will output more than all of them combined. Um, so it's really, this, the, the sheer scale of this is difficult to appreciate unless you're there in person. Uh, it is just staggeringly enormous. Um, that allows us to achieve high economies of scale, so that uh, with, high, with uh, very high production rates, um, um, we're maximizing economies of scale, enabling us to get the lowest cost per kilowatt hour in the world, um, a lot, but at the same time have the most advanced batteries. So the combination of the, 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 the best technology um, at the lowest cost, I think, is a, 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 just a very, uh, I mean, obviously a great position to be in. Um, and, and I think it's, it's a, a fundamental um, a part of Tesla's strategy. There's just no one else who's a, attempting anything 
as far as we know, even attempting anything on, on, on the scale. And so I think that puts us in a very, very strong competitive position um, to sustain the growth of the company uh, for, for several years to come. And, and then uh, over time, there will be uh, several gigafactories. I think eventually, you know, 10, 10 or 12, maybe 20, I don't know, a lot. Um, so um, it's, it's like a giant machine. So we'll keep refining this and productizing it and then, and then uh, building gigafactories around the world. This is, again, so he's saying 10, 12, 20 gigafactories eventually. So this, this, again, becomes one of those things where it sounds insane to many of us particularly given our expectations of how things like this go with other with pretty much any other company. But with Elon Musk, it's probably going to happen. As I like to say, never bet against Elon Musk. Uh, all right, t- factory safety was the next topic addressed. Elon, by the way, took questions. That's why he's kind of uh, all over the map here covering everything. They, they solicited questions on Twitter, which I did uh, submit one, and it was kind of answered. It wasn't the, the exact one I submitted, but we'll get to that topic in a bit. But here's Elon. This is two separate clips from different points in the, uh, in the shareholders meeting. I thought I'd just kind of group them together because they're both on the same topic. So here is Elon addressing the status of uh, trying to improve factory safety at, at, uh, in Fremont. An uh, important thing that we're um, making progress on is factory safety. Uh, so, uh, th- th- so far this year, uh, Tesla is 32% below the uh, auto, uh, automotive industry uh, injury rate. Uh, and that, that trend is better and better with each passing month. So I, I think we're on track to be uh, less than half the entry rate of the automotive industry and by far better than any other U.S. factory. Um, which I think is something um, that's extremely important. Uh, in terms of what changes are being made to address uh, uh, safety, um, so this is something we're driving really hard on um, every week, um, meeting with the safety team every week to say, what, what can we do to make it better? And um, like I said, I think, I think we're, we're, we're well on our way to uh, having an entry rate that is, that is half that of the rest of the auto industry and way better than any other car company. Um, the, the, a key change that was actually already made um, late last year was uh, having three shifts instead of two. So the, a lot of the entries would happen um, when somebody was, you know, had like a 10, 11 hour day um, and you just get tired um, and then um, that's when you, you tend to get injured. So um, having three shifts made a huge difference to uh, entry rate. Um, and, uh, and then redesigning uh, a lot of the processes to be uh, a lot more ergonomic um, and improving the fixtures and tooling. There's a lot of detailed work that needs to go into um, avoiding repetitive stress injuries. And, um, but but I, I'm really proud of what the safety team's doing, and I think we're, we're making huge progress uh, towards being the, the, the safest automotive company in the world. Well, this has been a hot-button topic uh, around the coverage of Tesla lately in, in the media, and it's good to see that the company's already taking steps to address it because, you know, at the end of the day, this, I mean, it's very serious. You know, it's, we're, 
we're all excited to get our cars. We all want our cars as soon as possible. We're, th- you know, we're, we're just kids on Christmas Eve at this point. Although Christmas Eve, instead of lasting one night, it's, it's uh, years. The, some, some of you who are old school S and X owners can relate. You know, some of you folks waited three, you know, two, three, four years for your cars. But we're, so yeah, we're all excited to get our cars, but none of us, none of us wants to see any Tesla employees get hurt in order to make them. So just great to see Elon address this, come right out, not hide from it, not try to dodge it, not try to give a PR, you know, spin on it, just, just tackle it head on. And uh, hopefully we, we will continue to see the injury rate reduce at the Tesla factory in Fremont. Now, again, a few clips from different points of the uh, call, uh, not the call, the shareholder meeting here, all with regard to the Tesla semi-truck. So we're going to hear Elon uh, comment on the reveal coming up at the end of September and what you're going to see and how they've been working on it, as well as when it will scale up to production. And a, a little a little teaser from Elon in the in the third semi truck clip as well. So here's Elon talking Tesla semi. And then we've got some future products. Uh, so the semi truck we're going to unveil at the end of September, and I think that's that's very exciting. A lot of people don't think you can do um, a heavy duty, long range truck uh, that's electric, but we are confident that this is this can be done. So we'll um, be showing off a, a working prototype. Uh, it end of, at, you know, not too long from now, the end of September. And uh, we, we've shown it to a number of the uh, organizations that buy heavy-duty trucking, and they all love it. They just want to know how, how many can they buy and how soon. It's like, like cool. And, and we're, we're involving them in... in thank you. And we're, and we're getting them closely involved in the design process. So the, the biggest customers of the, the heavy-duty uh, Tesla Semi are helping ensure that it is, that it is specified to their needs. So it's, it's not a mystery. They already know that it's going to meet their needs because they help d- decide what the... They, they've told us what those needs are. <laughs> so it's, it's going to really just be a question of, of scaling uh, volume to um, make as many as... as as we can. I mean, timing-wise, I'm, I'm guessing that we, we probably reach uh, scale of production on the semi in about two years. Maybe 18 months, but probably about two years. I just like really recommend showing up for the semi-truck uh, unveiling. Maybe there's a little more than we're saying here. Well, all that's pretty self-explanatory, except that last bit. I just really recommend showing up for the semi-truck unveiling. Maybe there's a little more than we're saying here. Maybe, could be, who knows. What does he mean by that? Are they going to, is he referencing something with regard to the semi? Is he saying that they're going to have another product T? Are they going to tease the Model Y at this thing? So I, I really can't make heads or tails of that. If you have a theory as to what Elon may be hinting at here, please call in and share it. The, uh, you can, of course, record questions on your smartphone for the hotline and email me the file, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or, of course, there's the Ride the Lightning hotline 
at 1-888-989-8752. That is the toll-free number for that. Okay, next topic. We're moving along here uh, from the... I just mentioned Model Y. Here's Elon talking about Model Y, and they showed a teaser image on the screen. Obviously, this is a podcast. You can't see it. If you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to take a quick look at it online. It is a, I will warn you, it's it's a teaser. It's uh, Don't expect to see the whole car, but you get at least a vague idea. So here is Elon talking about the Model Y. And then Model Y, um, I'm really excited about Model Y. It, it's, you know, there's been some criticism, like we should sort of do it derived from the Model 3 platform. But I think actually we made a mistake in trying to derive the Model X from the Model S platform. Um, it would have been better to just design design an SUV the way an SUV should be designed, design a sedan the way a sedan should be designed. Otherwise, you're just trying to shoehorn something in that, that doesn't make sense. Um, also, there are a number of, I think, really major manufacturing improvements that can be done um, that allow us to build the car in, in a way that a car has never been built before. Um, it, the, the, the capital expenditures, I think, would be substantially less. I'm, I'm confident that we could drop the CapEx by a factor of two between Model 3 and Model Y, which I think is a, is a really big deal, and accelerate uh, its readiness despite the new technologies. Um, so we're aiming for that, uh, you know, to, to hit the roads in, in, in 2019 approximately. Um, and probably the demand for the Model Y will exceed the, the demand for the Model 3. Okay, so if you happen to be, if you've seen the teaser image or you're, maybe you're looking at it now, you've looked it up, I want you to take a look at the roof line. Now this is a render. This is not this is not a real car that's been photographed. This is a render made on a computer, no doubt. So lighting can be played with. So with that in mind, take a look at that roof line and look at those two sort of spots that aren't highlighted on that roof line. If you're looking at my Twitter feed by chance and you just click on media photos, you'll see I tweeted out a comment about this and I've circled what I'm talking about on, on my Twitter feed. Those look like falcon wing door hinges to me because see see the location of them? They're uh, right where falcon door wing hinges would be and they're right, and again, why is there no sort of specular highlight there the way there is on the rest of that roof line render image? So it that's, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm looking way too far into this. Of course, Elon did say forever ago, a year ago, a year something ago on Twitter, that uh, the Model Y would have Falcon Wing doors, but we have not heard a peep about that since, because of course he hasn't spoken much about the Model Y at all. I have since changed my position on it, thinking that because of everything we've been hearing about how Model Y is going to be a step change in manufacturing efficiency and it's going to be crazy efficient to build, that there's just no way they would put the uh, Falcon Wing doors on there because simply because they're more complicated than a standard door. But it sure does look like to me on this render image that there's there's there are those two falcon wing door hinge spots that are not sort of lit that they it's like it's like they're 
and by not being lit there, it's like they pop out to me anyway. But anyway, at the very least, the Model Y teaser image does not look like the Model 3. It looks like its own thing. And it's hard to tell much else uh, about it beyond the obvious absence of side mirrors, which we've seen Tesla do in the teaser image most recently for the Tesla Semi. But prior to that, of course, the Model X prototype had little cameras instead of side mirrors. But that is a that is a government regulation. That is a legal matter. There's nothing Tesla can do about that until the law changes. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, the other thing that stood out to me, by the way, by the by the, those comments, you know, he was because he was comparing the Model Y to the Model X in a sense. Elon really seems to have a lot of regrets about the Model X because he's talked repeatedly, including during this shareholder meeting, about how he regrets cramming everything into the X at once. And now he adds that he wishes Model X had been built on its own platform. So just interesting to hear the uh, the candor and honesty about uh, from Elon about the Model X because I got to figure most most businesses most car companies uh, would not they would they would be freaking out if their CEO was talking about the reg- how he how he he or she regrets decisions made on one of their one of their two products that they sell one of their two vehicles I should say not products but yeah, with Tesla, that's Elon. He's being honest, and that's why that's why we appreciate him. He's always going to be honest. Okay, next, uh, one more Model Y comment. This bears its own clip and its own comment about where, what, where, well, and what, and how Model Y will be built. I guess yeah, where is fair to say where Model Y will be built. This this uh, does not address that directly, but it addresses it indirectly. Here's Elon. So, uh, are you expecting a, a new plant to be built for the Model Y? Uh, yeah, we, we are. <laughs> I think the, the the existing Gigafactory will probably supply the battery. In fact, will supply the battery pack and uh, drivetrains and motor and power electronics for the Model Y. But the Model Y vehicle plant will be in a new plant, essentially a new new Gigafactory that we're going to figure out the exact location of. Um, but. Um, there's just no room at Fremont. We are bursting at the seams. Um, like, honestly, like if I ask people, like, what's their number one complaint? It's uh, parking. It's like, okay, we like practically had a riot the other day for parking. And I'm like, sorry guys. Um, yeah, what happens? We, we had a bunch of contractors come on on site to uh, install equipment for the, the the Model Three, and we hadn't counted on the fact that there'd be 500 extra people that showed up to install massive amounts of equipment. So then, okay, we were, we're, the parking lot was full, so therefore, uh, you know, uh, it's like uh, conservation of uh, mass here or conservation of volume. <laughs> 500 people who can't park. <laughs> um, anyway, it's, it's crazy how much parking lot is a pain in the butt. Um, so um, so we're, we're boasting the teams at Fremont, so there's just no way we could do Model Y at Fremont, so it's gonna have to be somewhere else. Um, and uh, I think pretty much it's going to be really focused on obviously S and X and, and then ramping up uh, model, model 3. I think we'll even have to transfer some of the things we do at Fremont uh, to the Gigafactory just to allow for Model 3 expansion. So no room for Model Y in Fremont. Fremont will be S, X, 
and three. I wonder where the roadster is going to be made when they get around to that in uh, some number of years, because that you got to figure is going to be relatively limited production. I wonder if they'll try to squeeze that into Fremont, or if uh, if whatever the wherever they're building Y, wherever they end up building Y, will be uh, will be the you know the home for other future vehicle manufacturing as well. But you got to figure if Model Y is going to get its own plant, states. The states are going to be drooling over that, especially now that Tesla is a Fortune 500 company as of this week, as the, the stock has continued to rocket ride, to just rocket upwards. Uh, it did pull back a little bit on Friday here at the end of the week as I recorded this, but my goodness, what a, what a surge the stock price has been on. Uh, if any of you are funding your Model 3 purchase with stock, you've you've been probably been in an extremely good mood this week, but uh, back to the topic of where Model Y will be built. Built be built. Sorry, that was uh, <laughs> that's that was some bad broadcasting right there. Uh, I wonder if California will step up, or because you know California's been pretty kind to Tesla. They seem to have a pretty good relationship. I know Elon's. He I've played clips. He's not been happy, uh, which I have disagreed with him on. Disagreed with Elon on. Elon's not been happy about the the changes that were made to the California state uh, state EV rebate. So, uh, will California step up to try and keep them? Will Nevada try and get in there? You know, they've already they they handed Tesla the you know the the very friendly tax package to get the Gigafactory there. Could Arizona be in the mix? They you know they were in the Gigafactory mix, and they've got the Lucid Air. Uh, plant that's uh, scheduled to go up down there, and New Mexico, because they were, I mean, they were in the Gigafactory mix as well. I mean, I know I'm only talking about Western states here, and I don't know, you know, if that will, uh, if if region will matter at all, if if Elon will try to keep it close to the Fremont factory, or if it'll even matter. But it's, again, more food for thought here. Where, Where will the Model Y be built, and who you know, Tesla, Tesla will absolutely be in the driver's seat, and pardon my horrible, horrible car pun there, but when it comes to uh, negotiating with, with governments, with state governments, to try and get that Model Y plant constructed in a few years. Okay, here now we get into Model 3, uh, and this is the question, uh, or this is a variant, a variation of the question that I had asked uh, on Twitter when Tesla put out the call. I had asked about when will the uh, design studio for Model 3 go online and will it show dates for all-wheel drive, dates and prices for all-wheel drive and performance, uh, which, you know, again, we saw that with the Model X design studio. You know, if you wanted a 90D or a 75D uh, or a five-seater, you were given prices and estimated delivery, estimated shipping dates for those. So uh, let's listen to this. Here is Elon talking about. Uh, and by the way, this you may have seen this quote this week. So I, I, we're going to dig more into this because I think the uh, I think the media is is not digging deep enough into this. So that's what I'm going to do here. Here's Elon talking about the Model Three configurator. Uh, Model Three configurator. So expect that a configurator to go live towards the end of uh, next month when we deliver the first production Model 3. So yeah, we're definitely on track to deliver the first production Model 3 next month. 
that's going to be real exciting. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have the configurator go live uh, right at that point. Now, I should say that the, we've, we've kept the, con the initial configurations for Model 3 very simple. This is critical to achieving uh, a rapid production ramp. Big mistake we made with the, the X, uh, which is primarily it's my responsibility, way too much complexity right at the beginning. That was, that was very foolish. Um, so, you know, when you think of it like going back to the launch of the Model S, Model S only had one configuration at, at start of production. Um, and now it had one configuration because well, that's all we could do. <laughs> Not because we were really clever. <laughs> And, and then uh, Model X of uh, Hubris Extraordinaire, we, uh, we actually, we, we, we added, I mean, it, it is like a Fabergé egg of cause. I think it's, a, it's really an amazing product, but it's, it has way too many cool things in it that, that should have really been rolled in with version 2, version 3. That would have been the sensible way to do it. Um, we, got, we got overconfident and um, created something great that, probably will never be made again, and, and perhaps should not be. <laughs> um, but it is an amazing car, and as we keep refining the software in the Model X, it's just going to get better and better. Um, so initially, the Model 3 configurators, it's kind of going to be like, what color do you want, and what size wheels do you want? That's basically going to be the configurator. <laughs> and then, and then we'll, we'll show what other, what, what other versions are coming later, um, as soon as we, we, we get configuration one right, um, but they, and, and with a timeline associated with, with each configuration. Uh, for example, we were going to start off with dual motor, but, but, but that's like, wait a second, we just doubled the probability of something going wrong if we get two motors, because they, they're two different motor architectures. Um, one motor is optimized for, for uh, highway travel, and one's optimized for stop and go traffic which is great for maximizing your, uh, your, your mileage in city and maximizing your highway, your, your mileage on, on freeway, and, and having incredible acceleration, but it's too, it's too much complexity right off the bat, so it'll just be single motor to begin with, and then we'll have the dual motor config. If we're lucky, toward end of this year, more likely early next. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about the configurator, because you only have to decide like what color do you want and what size wheels, that's basically yet for initial production. So, okay, as I alluded to before I played that clip, the key thing here that, in my opinion, pretty much every media outlet that reported on this seems to be missing is uh, they're all saying, oh, you're only going to get to pick your paint color and your wheel size. But if you, you probably all heard it uh, because you all are is eager to know this information as I am, Elon also said that they will show what other versions will be coming and when they'll be coming. He, he said that. If you, you know, to play it back, listen to it again. Uh, and again, that's similar to how the Model X configurator was if, as I said, you were looking for uh, a 90D, 75D, or a 5-seat Model X. So that is exactly what I was hoping for. And... I'll tell you, it was interesting to hear him describe how smart they're being with dual motor. That's, that's really cool. One motor, which I would have to imagine is the larger rear motor that's being designed, optimized for stop and go, and the other motor, which I, I would think is the front one, designed for highway. 
So that's really cool. And I wonder, and then you would think the performance version will either swap out that rear motor for a, a, an even larger, more high, you know, high performance rear motor and keep the same front motor. Or I wonder if maybe it'll just be uh, two of the larger, you know, two rear motors effectively in the car instead. I wonder how that's going to end up shaking out. All right. Uh, a little bit more Gigafactory here. Here's Elon saying that they're, how many Gigafactory locations they are currently considering. Let's hear that and uh, discuss that a little bit. Uh, in terms of how many factories are in the works, um, we're really giving serious consideration to three, three factory locations right now, but we're going to try to hold our powder dry, keep the powder dry until we're confident of, uh, of the locations and the timing. Um, but uh, like I said, ultimately, probably there's at least 10 of these worldwide and maybe, maybe as much as 20. All right, I want to go back to my prediction here. I think if we're looking at three more Gigafactory locations coming up in the near-ish future, I do think one will be in China. I think one, it's got to be in Western Europe. Uh, And I I think there's a good chance we might see one in the Eastern United States. I mean, there is Gigafactory 2 in Buffalo, New York, but that plant is solely for... Solar City stuff for for all the solar solar uh, equipment, solar products. So we shall see. B- uh, bookmark my my prediction. Usually my predictions are wrong, <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll get lucky and get at least one out of three of them right. Okay, uh, back to Model Three talk. If you have not placed a reservation yet for Model Three, sounds like it could be a while. Uh, how long of a wait will it be for customers wanting a Model 3 and haven't placed a 1K deposit? This will be a long wait. Um, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that have ordered the car. I'm, I'm guessing if, if you put a deposit down on Model 3 now, it's probably, well, it's going to be over a year, end of next year before you get it, something like that. Um, on the other hand, we, 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 there are more and more deposits every week, so if you want it, then definitely put down the deposit. (laughs) The line isn't getting shorter. (laughs) Um, We're doing our best to do this ramp, but we've got to do the ramp right. We've got to make sure the quality is good, the safety is good, Um, and uh, it's crazy hard to make cars. I'll tell you, there's like 10,000 unique items and, and it will move as fast as the slowest item. So, and, and then e- even beyond the stuff that's internal Tesla, you say, like, okay, who's the least lucky supplier we have out there? Um, or or what's the, what supplier cares the least? Or whatever the case may be. And then you look at our supply chain, and it's like, wow, our supply chain is, like, covering Earth. So, like, what are the odds that there's going to be some force majeure events somewhere on Earth? Like, pretty high. Um, so... Uh, you know, one of the things I want to do with Model Y is also just um, simplify the supply chain so that we're not inheriting force majeure risk from Earth. Because Earth is big, and it's something, wrong, it's something bad happens on Earth at any given point in time. So we, we must stop inheriting force majeure risk from, from all of Earth. You can, so, you, can help, you can solve this by buffering parts, 
But if, if the parts aren't made to begin with, you can't buffer them. So, yeah. So it is time to get your reservation in if you're interested. I mean, you might as well. You can, al you can always refund it later. And my other takeaway from this, this uh, quote from Elon, maybe I'm reading too much into it because I'm a fanboy and I do that sometimes, but it's sounding more and more like Model Y is really going to be the next generation Tesla, at least as far as manufacturing goes, with the Model 3 being more of a transition from Tesla's old way of doing things, quote unquote, I use old with air quotes, quote unquote, old way of doing things with the S and the X to the new way that they're going to be building the Model Y. This is uh, probably of interest to, uh, well, not only future owners, but existing ones, certainly. Elon addressing the, option, the uh, question, rather, of battery upgrades. Let's hear what Elon has to say on this. Um, are there plans place to offer battery upgrades? Um, yeah, um, so we, we do offer that um, already. I wouldn't recommend doing a battery upgrade until the, ba the, the existing battery that you have has a fair bit of life on it. Um, and there are some limitations because there can be a, a pretty big weight difference between the lightest battery pack and the heaviest. So we, we can't go from lightest to heaviest. Um, but the, we, we, can, we definitely uh, can upgrade battery packs really in, in every car. Um, and we will, uh, we will offer that and make that um, easier um, with, with each passing year. But if somebody's got a new battery pack, it's, it's not going to make financial sense to upgrade the, just the battery pack. Um, better to sell the car they got, that, that you've got and, 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 then, and then buy a different one, either new or used. Um, and, and I should mention, we're, we're going to um, um, really give more prominence to uh, used Teslas on our website. But we're not going to call them pre-owned. That is like a bogus name. Um, that's so bull that's BS. It's used. Okay, everyone knows that. <laughs> who, who are we fooling here? <laughs> um, so the used Tesla section of the website is um, is, is going to get a lot more attention, um, and um, you know, particularly if, if the car is four years old and it's got a lot of mileage, um, you could buy a Model S uh, for as much as a a Model Three. It's like, well, okay, maybe somebody wants to, you know, buy a Model S for thirty-five, forty thousand um, dollars, and they can have that today. Um, and then, when the Model Three comes in, they can switch out to the Model Three if they want. M Model S is still going to be the, you know, because more expensive car, bigger, there's more room for bells and whistles. It's a, uh, you know, it's it's still going to be the our premium car. Um, but um, anyway, so so used. Use Tesla is going to get a lot more attention on our website, um, and uh, yeah. So, well, if I'm if I'm hearing Elon, if I'm interpreting Elon correctly, there, it's good to know that I might be able to upgrade my Model Three seventy five to a ninety someday if the you know chemistry uh, evolutions and form factor evolutions continue, and eventually Tesla can squeeze more than seventy five kilowatts into the uh, Model Three skateboard. But uh, of course, Elon did also say it'd probably make more sense to just buy a new car instead, which he's probably right. But <laughs> it's funny. With most CEOs, you would think that Elon was just saying that because he has to say that as a person whose job 
is simply to sell cars. It's the whole company's job is to sell cars and make profit. But again, Elon has earned that honest, trustworthy reputation, at least with me. So he's he's straight up saying, oh yeah, if you know if you want, you'll be able to you can you can upgrade. But you know, take it take him at his word when he says, well, you'd probably just rather buy a new car instead. And speaking of used Teslas, by the way, if Tesla drags their feet for too long on uh, dual motor and performance, I'll tell you, he, he might get me seriously looking in, at, a, at a used S. Although, I don't know, I'm so, I feel like if I've waited this long, I've got to have hardware too. And the hardware too used cars are, are simply just way out of my price range at this point. I took a look because after Elon was talking about this saying, hey, we're, you know, they're, they're used cars and we think they're going to sell a lot. I went ahead, I went and looked on the, the CPO page and there are plenty of cars there, but they're, they tend to be a little more um, upstream, a little more, the, like, oh, there are a bunch of P85Ds on there. So um, worth taking a look at though, if you're if you're if you're maybe starting to get impatient, and if you're if you're wanting uh, a performance three or a or a dual motor three, you know, take, might as well can't can't hurt right to take a look at the uh, the used Model S page on the Tesla site. Okay, uh, this one it was very interesting because I have not heard Elon address this topic before, but here's Elon talking about the sound system as it is now in the in the Teslas and. Uh, how they might be able to improve upon it. Audio system insight. Um, yeah, I, I actually was just talking about that with the team today. Um, I think there's, there's quite a bit of room to improve the audio codec in the um, SX and, and obviously the 3, uh, because it, it is a Tesla system, so uh, we can just reprogram it to make it better with software. Um, and. I feel pretty confident that just with an over-the-update, we can actually make the audio system sound quite a bit better. Um, but it's—I uh, think it's like a, it's a good, good system, and um, yeah, it's going to get better. I mean, re- could it really get a ton better from a codec update? I mean, I know codec updates—I I know somewhat of what that is from years of doing, you know, video game stuff. But don't you you still you still need pretty good hardware to get good sound as well as your codec. So because I mean if I'm if I'm being honest, I mean I've spent pl- I don't own a Tesla, but I've spent plenty of time in the S, not not as much in the X, uh, not even close actually. But I mean the, the sound system in the S, it's okay. It's not I don't think it's great. I mean it's not bad. It's not amazing. And I've said this before fairly recently, but. I really think that with the lack of options that we've been told to expect with Model 3, I I really doubt that we're going to get even an option for a premium sound upgrade the way you can get that on the Model S. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next, Elon addressing Model 3 deliveries in states that have Tesla direct sales banned. There's Elon on that topic. For Model 3 rollout in states that don't allow direct sales, um, as you may be aware, we get a lot of pushback from the dealer groups. Um, and um, I mean, they, they say that their, their mode of sales is, is superior. I'm like, okay, well, then why would you want a legal block? 
if people love it so much. Um, it's like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so the, but but the, the, the answer is actually you, you can order a Tesla in any state in the country. So there's no limitation on ordering a car. Um, and uh, we can service anywhere in the country. So actually, all you need to do is go on the website, order the car, and uh, that's it. Um, we, we can't do uh, sales in stores in every, in every state, but we actually sell in every state. And there are, there are Teslas in every state in the United States. So all you need to do is just like order it like you're ordering something you know, from Amazon or Apple or whatever. Just go on the website and order it, and it shows up. It's like that. Um, and then we'll take, we take care of, take care of service. Well, there you go. That is, that is interesting. Elon, Elon really saying it's, uh, it's not too big a deal. In fact, and here's, uh, this is a perfect place to take a quick call from the Ride the Lighting hotline from Pete in Dallas, who has the customer perspective on this. He calls in to clarify the differences for when you're buying a Tesla in Texas. Pete, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Pete from Dallas. I um, wanted to pick up on a point you mentioned last week about the potential sales impact in non-direct sales states such as Texas. Um, there's only really two differences, and Elon sort of alluded to this in the shareholder meeting this week. But one, when you're shopping for your Tesla, um, you go to a gallery store, as they're called. Um, you can discuss every aspect of the car. The one thing you – and you can take test drives. You just cannot actually order the car in store. You can do that from home. Um, and then when you do go and collect your car, they cannot pay your sales tax for you because they're not a dealership. So um, you'll have to take a trip to the local tax office with a big old check at some point just to cover off the sales tax. But beyond that, um, you know, the experience is still pretty frictionless. Um, uh, it beats buying a traditional ICE car or, you know, for a franchise where you have the whole um, theater of, you know, speaking to the guy and then he goes out back and talks to his manager and that whole back and forth process um so I, I doubt it impacts sales very much um and you know the number of stores and the size of the service centers which are rapidly increasing would would indicate the tests are expecting to push quite a th- few model threes in in texas anyway um hope that helps thank you for everything you do with the podcast and take care bye well thank you for that first-hand report pete i always appreciate being educated uh, it's good good first-hand account from someone in Texas. All right, just uh, three more clips for you here before we move on to a couple calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. Next up, this is uh, Elon talking about how he divides his time these days, and uh, he has an interesting way of categorizing uh, Tesla. So listen to this. So, but, but the boring company is maybe 2% of my time. Uh, uh, Neuralink is 3 to 5% of my time. OpenAI is maybe a couple percent. Um, and then 90% plus is, is divided between SpaceX and Tesla. So depending upon, and it's probably slightly more Tesla. Uh, Tesla's like a drama magnet, so it's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have to deal with Tesla drama. Um, so, uh, but on average it's probably um, about half of my time is between SpaceX and Tesla. Um, and there's a lot to be gained, uh, you know, knowing how rockets are done and how cars are done. Um, in, in rockets, you, you have to deal, work on very advanced materials, making things super light. Um, and 
and being able to translate some of that to automotive, I think, has been very, very helpful. Um, so it, it, it does do some good there. Um, but, but I just want to re- emphasize very clearly, 90 um, percent plus of my time is divided between SpaceX and Tesla, and um, and then remaining less than 10 percent is everything else. It's true. Tes- Tesla is a trauma magnet, and as we've talked about before, it's a double-edged sword. You know, it's sometimes all that uh, drama benefits them, and sometimes it definitely doesn't. Me- meanwhile, SpaceX just keeps launching and landing and reusing rockets, uh, which is amazing. If you have not seen the video of the most recent Falcon landing, it's on Elon's Twitter. So again, if you look at the uh, photos, videos, the media section, if you click on that part of his Twitter page, it's a 60 frame per second video. So it's like buttery smooth. And I think partially because of that, it literally, it almost looks fake to me. Like it looks like a special effect from like a, an 80s movie almost. That's how, that's how crazy this looks. But it's, re- it's real life. It happened. It's, it's amazing. Take a look at it if you haven't seen it. Okay, uh, back to superchargers real quick. Uh, Elon addressing the topic of urban superchargers uh, for, for apartment dwellers. I know this is a topic that a number of you have called in about over the months. Uh, and I guess I can say years at this point, now that we're coming up on two years with this podcast. So here is Elon uh, on the topic of superchargers in cities. Our, okay, so mo- most millennials living in apartments rather than homes, uh, what do we, can we do to make it easier to own and charge a Tesla without a garage? Um, so we're establishing uh, uh, supercharging locations, a lot more in-city supercharging locations. Um, and there'll be a little lower power, um, but in between uh, a, a high-power supercharger, which is optimized for long-distance trips, but more power than would typically be found um, in a home garage. Um, so wherever the car is being parked, um, uh, if it's a, um, at the apartment or at work or somewhere in between, um, uh, we're, we're going to make sure that there's, there's a place to, to charge your car, even if you live in, a, in an apartment. Um, one of the key things for apartments is to manage the power. So if you've got a lot of cars parked in a garage and, and you have to design the system to handle a hypothetical case where all cars are drawing maximum power at the same time, then you need a crazy amount of power. So uh, it's important to have a system that uh, load levels the power um, so that they don't have to build a new substation just to supply the apartment building. Um, and uh, so that's, that's one of the things that's um, process of being implemented. Um, but no question we need to solve this problem for apartments, not just uh, homes. I don't quite understand this, I have to be honest, because wouldn't you still want the urban superchargers to be faster charging so that more people could get on and then get off of them quickly for the next person? I mean, I I get that you're not on a long-distance trip, so maybe you're not necessarily in quite as big a hurry. Time isn't quite as big of a factor. But again, the the density of population being so much higher than a a, rural interstate supercharger, I would think, would offset that. At the very least, but uh, yeah, so I'm just I'm kind of, I'm a little puzzled why they would dial it back on these. But maybe it's to try and keep people from abusing them. I don't know for just you know just rolling in and and uh, just taking you know topping off uh, their battery when it's really not that necessary just because it's such a quick charge. I'm not sure. I'm, I'd be curious if you have any thoughts on that. Call in. 
And finally, ending on a bit of a light note, here's Elon. He was asked if Tesla will do an electric plane for, uh, <laughs> so here, here's Elon on that topic. Is there an electric plane in Tesla's future? Well, we got a lot of fish to fry. Um, there are no, no plans right now to have an electric plane. Um, we have a long way to go to handle terrestrial transport. And uh, it's, not, it's not inconceivable that we do an electric plane. Uh, but I do think that we're not quite there in terms of the energy density of batteries for an electric plane. I think the kind of minimum that you'd want is about 400 watt-hours per kilogram. And even that would require some pretty substantial innovation in the airframe and the way that you build an airplane in order to have decent range with a, at 400 watt-hours per kilogram. Um, at 500, it starts to become quite compelling, but I don't know. I think we're maybe four, maybe four or five years away from having uh, 500 watt hours per kilogram, something like that. Maybe half a decade, yeah, in in, in volume production. Well, I suppose Iron Man 2 will have to remain completely in the realm of fiction for now. I suppose, of course, I reference Iron Man 2 because if you haven't seen it, Elon actually has a brief cameo where he speaks with Tony Stark. He's imploring Tony Stark to, uh, to help him out with the electric jet that he's working on. So there you go. Uh, so again, great stuff from Elon Musk. As always, he is, he is the best. <laughs> this is the best CEO to, to cover because he is, uh, he's honest and he's, he doesn't have the, the PR filter on him all the time, which is why he's so great. So uh, fun times at the shareholder meeting. We got a lot of good stuff out of that. Let's come right back here after a quick break. Got a couple, let's see, three excellent calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. If you're like me and have a Tesla reservation, you'd probably love the chance to drive one around for more than just the short test drive that you can get from Tesla. Well, I've got a solution for you. Friend of the show, Joe Edgel, actually rents out Model S and Model X Teslas for as long as you'd like. If you happen to be taking a trip to Washington, D.C. or the Baltimore area, or if you want to drive one so badly you're willing to make a special trip, check out Joe's website, emotion.rentals. If you want, Joe will even deliver the car to you at the airport or your hotel. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N dot rentals. Now back to the show. All right, Ride the Lightning Hotline time where you call in with your questions, comments, discussion topics. So give me a ring anytime if you want to respond to anything you heard on the show or you've got something, some Tesla topic on the brain. It's a toll-free number, 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. You can always email me your question as well if you want to record it on your phone and then email me the file. Uh, My email here is teslapodcast at gmail.com. But if you do want to call in, because it's super easy to do that, you can do so at the number I just mentioned. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. We kick it off by going to Isaiah from Chicago, commenting on the number of options for Model 3. Isaiah, here on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Isaiah from Chicago. 
Uh, I was just calling in about the discussion on the number of options for the Model 3. Uh, and I know a lot of people complain about there not being as many options for the Model 3, but the number of options don't necessarily mean that the car is going to be bad. It could be instead of four okay choices, you might have two really good choices or even just one standard option that everyone normally chooses anyway. Uh, and then I know Elon doesn't tries to get people to not compare the S to the 3, but I think a better comparison would be uh, if people compared the Model S to something like the Chevy Impala and then the Tesla Model 3 to something like the Chevy Cruze. Uh, there's no way you would expect those to have the same features or even the number of options. Uh, something like the Impala is going to have a lot more technology and hardware, and it's just, uh, you know, you want to compare apples to apples. All right, thanks. Well, Isaiah, you are right. The problem is, as I see it, is that Tesla more or less created this perception problem themselves. Not on purpose, mind you, but they did it. And Elon has since admitted that, calling that he has admitted that naming the Model 3 the Model 3 was a mistake because it implied a third generation car, which it is, but that carries the connotation that it's quote unquote better than the previous two generations, meaning Roadster and the S and X generation. I mean, I, I want to see Tesla make the S better for its price point rather than make the Model 3 worse. I mean, the Model S already has incredible performance, obviously. Let's see it get a better interior with better quality materials, more technology, etc. Model 3 needs to be as good as it can possibly be for its price in order to help fulfill Tesla's company mission. Uh, and yes, I have a slightly biased take on that because I intend to purchase a Model 3 and I want it to be as good as possible. I don't want it to be this sort of intentionally stripped way down car. I mean, I know I'm not expecting to get a Model S, but I just hope that the Model 3 is as good of a vehicle as it can be uh, and not sort of held back in any way in order to create a separation between, uh, you know, perception or otherwise between the S and the three. Regular caller Mike from Charlottesville is on the line once again about enhanced autopilot. So Mike, go ahead. Hey Ryan, it's Mike from Charlottesville again. Uh, quick question, with the Model 3 coming out in about a month, um, with autopilot, do you think that enhanced autopilot will essentially be just regular autopilot? So the two options would be autopilot and full self-driving. Um, I just want to see what you thought about this and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Well, Mike, at first it will be. As you probably already know, because I know you listen to the show every week, they're still not up quite up to parity with Hardware 1 yet on the Hardware 2 cars. But eventually... Uh, EAP, Enhanced Autopilot, is going to be able to do full on-ramp to off-ramp driving, including interchanges and things like that that it doesn't do now. It, you know, a bit more. It's a bit more than the Hardware 1 Autopilot. But as Model 3 launches, yeah, it's basically going to be the Level 2 Autopilot that Tesla has now. And finally, like I said, just three quick calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. David in Seattle responding uh, commenting on total cost of ownership 
for uh, at least his Model X compared to the other ICE vehicles he has owned in the past. David, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is David Creech in Seattle. I'm calling to respond to the call regarding the total cost of ownership from, I believe it was episode 96. I'm aiming to get a Model X, but the annual costs are going to be far more than I've ever put into any of my ICE vehicles. I've owned four new and one used GM vehicles over the last 20 years. Uh, Two of them were over 180,000 miles when I sold them. And really, my costs were oil changes on three of them, new tires every 80 to 100,000 miles, and then maintenance of the transmission and brakes every 60 to 80,000 miles, which typically cost me around five to $600. So my two current GM vehicles have free oil changes for life, like most cars do these days. Uh, annual cost of maintenance really averaged under $300. And of course, with all the maintenance being covered for the first 30 or 50,000 miles on my two cars that I have right now, I haven't spent money on anything but gas and windshield wipers in over three years. So with my Model X, I'm looking at an annual maintenance of roughly $500, according to the showroom guys, plus buying a new set of tires every 10 to 15,000 miles. And that's assuming I drive very conservatively with a sticker price of $2,000. So, And neither of those services are available from anywhere other than Tesla. I can get aftermarket wheels so that I can buy tires that cost less and may last as long as 20 to 30,000 miles, but then Tesla no longer touches anything related to the wheels if I have any problems. And note also, this is far less than the 80 to 100,000 miles I get on my tires now. So my electricity to charge an EV is heavily subsidized. It costs me about 2 to $4 a week, so we can consider it basically free. But even if I take all of the money I currently spend on gas, it doesn't add up to $2,500 a year. So this isn't a complaint. I just think that there's a wide misperception that it'll cost less annually when that's definitely not the case, at least for a Model X owner. Um, other models may have different costs. I, I'm not particularly interested in the S or the 3, maybe the Y, but honestly, I really like the X. It's what I really want. Um, love the Falcon Wing doors, um, and it's just an amazing car to drive. Um, anyway, keep up the great show, and much love to all therapy dogs and their guardians. Cheers. Thanks, David. I mean, everybody's situation is different, right? That's a, it's, a, it's a common thing I come back to a lot on the podcast, and it's something to always keep in mind. You know, my situation is different from yours, which is different from someone listening in London or Kentucky or Florida or anywhere else. But, I mean, I don't know how many miles per year you drive, David, or what gas costs are for you. I mean, the one thing, though, I'd be surprised. I'm Not that I doubt you or I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'd be surprised if the Model X tires only last 10 to 15,000 miles. I mean, I totally believe that if we're talking about the 22-inch wheels... But the 20s have got to be better than that, right? Because the S gets 30,000 plus out of its 19-inch wheels, and the the 21-inch wheels, for sure, I mean, at least I, I can I can vouch, uh, well, I can say with definitive uh, conviction here on one Model S owner I know, that being my, my cousin Patrick in Arizona, who has 21-inch turbines on his Model S, he gets 20 to 30,000 out of his 21-inch tires. So, I mean, I know the X is heavier, but man, 10 to 15,000 miles just just seems crazy to me. But again, like I said, not that I don't believe you, I just don't actually know. Uh, But the one thing, you know, remember too, stating the obvious here, but your Model X has much better performance than uh, almost assuredly any of your previous 
ICE vehicles. And, you know, you've got no transmission or any other ICE parts that you have to worry about. You don't have to smog it. You know, you don't have to take it through to emissions ever. And and the other thing, brakes too. That's another one that I think a lot of people that aren't already intimately familiar, they're not Tesla owners, uh, think about is you pretty much never have to worry about replacing the brakes on your Tesla, in your case, a Model X, David, because regenerative braking, you get, you know, you get real used to the one pedal driving really quickly and you virtually, you, you know, you, you need to use the, the brakes themselves so much less often than you do in a, uh, in literally any other car on the planet. And it means your brake wear and tear is so minimal that, uh, you just, you just don't really have to worry about it hardly ever. So just a few things to keep in mind there, but, but yeah, you know, the X is an expensive car and it's, uh, you're paying for technology and there are a lot, there are trade-offs, there's pluses and minuses, but uh, I hope you enjoy your X. That's the, that's the ultimate point that I want to make here. Enjoy that Model X. All right. Again, if you want to participate, I encourage you. I'm going to be down in LA all week. You want to send in your calls, help, uh, help me fill out next week's show. We'll see what happens in the world of Tesla. Like I said, I have to record a little early, so your calls would certainly be appreciated just in case news runs a little short. Again, you can email me your question by, uh, you know, just record, use the, the voice memo, voice recorder program on your smartphone and email me that file to teslapodcast at gmail.com or use the nice and easy Ride the Lightning hotline, the toll-free number there to call or Skype if you want. Uh, Skype might be especially useful if you are uh, not, if you're, if you're international, if you're not in the United States. Anyway, the toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with some final thoughts and wrap things up for you right after this. I want to start by mentioning the Patreon producers, the very, very kind folks who support the podcast at the $20 or higher level. Uh, those folks being, I'm actually, I'm going to start with the, the uh, two new folks. I missed this gentleman last week and I sincerely apologize. I apologize to him on Patreon. Harold Plug, thank you so much for your support and our other new, uh, newest patron, uh, patron rather. And here's another one. Jason, please, please correct me under me. I'm going to give it my best shot here. Uh, Jason Chalukas. I'm not sure if the it's C-H-O-U-L-O-C-H-A-S. I'm not sure if that C-H is a, is a C or a, or a ch sound, but I, I'm thinking Chalukas. So that's my, that's my first guess, Jason. Please correct me. But thank you for your support on Patreon, as well as Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, Z.L. Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, Kyle Stover, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, David, and uh, finally David Vakil. So thank you all so much. And uh, actually, I just realized, I believe this past week was the one-year anniversary of launching uh, the Patreon for this podcast. So thank you all so much for your support if you've contributed. If you haven't, maybe you have been listening to the show for the past year and you're getting a lot out of it and you are entertained, you're informed, uh, you maybe want to uh, show a little support. I would uh, love it. I would be grateful if you would just take a look 
at the Patreon page and maybe uh, take a look at the different tiers of, of support there, and maybe you'll consider something. The website to check out for that is patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That is where you can find me on there. Uh, the referral code, if you're buying a Tesla, S or X, Remember that in addition to the $1,000 off of your car, you are going to get free unlimited lifetime supercharging on your S or X. So just punch this code, punch this into your web browser, and it's going to take you to the design studio with the $1,000 and the unlimited supercharging baked in. So the, the short link to type in is ts.la slash Jeff2311, that's Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. Or if you happen to be in a Tesla store and you're buying it through the store there, uh, just give the, give the code to the salesperson helping you out and just give them Jeff2311. Uh, Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I warn you in advance, it's going to be a lot of video game stuff on my Twitter this week because it's E3. It is the the big... It's basically like the Christmas morning stretched out over a week for video game, uh, the video game industry where all kinds of exciting new products are, are announced. So uh, there'll be a lot of fun stuff going on there on my Twitter, which is at DMC underscore Ryan. And again, the, the show email address, if you want to email me for whatever reason, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Abstract Ocean, and of course, uh, got to mention them. They've got your 20% discount for listeners of this show. Whether you're picking up a uh, Model X silicone key fob pocket, you're picking up a lanyard or something else for you or your Tesla, just use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 20% off of your order. And hey, be sure to uh, subscribe to Dave T's excellent weekly Tesla newsletter. It's a free email newsletter that uh, he delivers to your inbox every Friday with a wrap-up, a sort of quick summary of all the week's biggest Tesla stories. You can sign up for that at teslaweekly.com. Most of you probably already subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast service. If not, I hope you will do so because then you don't have to worry about downloading it yourself. It'll just download automatically. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, which by the way, TuneIn, you can also get the show in your Tesla, uh, or the podcast hosting site where you can listen to episodes, download MP3s, or subscribe to the RSS feed is uh, found at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. All right, my friends, thank you very much. I will see you from Los Angeles next week. Again, if you're a Patreon supporter at the $5 or higher level, you can look out uh, a little a little earlier than usual even for your early access. I should have the show up. If not Thursday night for you uh, patrons, then Friday morning and everybody else, it'll, it'll still be scheduled to download to you at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern on Sunday, just like always. So thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I will see you next week.